the In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. Get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. In this episode, I explore the challenges of dealing with a relationship breakup, the pitfalls of looking for love on the rebound, and the importance of maintaining healthy personal boundaries with relationship coach Harry Addo. Hi, Harry. Welcome back to episode two. How are you doing? Hey, Nigel. I'm good. I'm good, man. Happy to be here and ready for episode two. During this episode, we're going to talk, amongst other things, about relationship failure, because I find that with many of my clients, they have recently broken up with their partner and they Mm -hmm. are looking for answers. Obviously, they're in a bad state. How do you find your clients when they come to you after a breakup? Oh, it varies. It varies. You know, for some people, I mean, I think a very common, a very common experience is anger. A lot of people are annoyed. Some people feel humiliated. They can't believe that they've just been broken up with after having given so much time and effort. I've actually had, um, I've had a few people who have felt, you know, a sense of relief on account of just the, the, the habit and the familiarity with that other person and the routine. You know, they sort of ignored the warning signs. But overwhelmingly, it seems to be anger, anger and a sense of betrayal. Well, actually, there are two models for relationship. In fact, relationship grief is compared to bereavement. When someone loses someone, someone passes away. You've got a five-step model and there's a seven-step model. Um, It starts off stage one, shock and denial, then pain and guilt. Stage three, you know, anger, Mm. as you mentioned earlier. Stage four, Mm. depression and loneliness. The next Mm. stage is the upward turn when things start to look a little bit better. Reconstruction, which is person starts to get themselves back together, starts focusing on rebuilding his or her life. Mm. Stage seven is uh, acceptance and hope. Mm. Um, When the reality of the relationship Mm. breakdown is faced and they start to move on with their lives. So when your clients come to you, Are they looking for guidance in terms of how to get through the bereavement process or the relationship failure process? It it really varies. I mean, I have some people who they're holding out hope that they will somehow get their partner back. And this is even in cases where the partner may have treated them badly or they may have treated the partner badly or in cases where even in cases where the relationship quite clearly wasn't working. Um, So I understand that inclination, you know, and that predisposition towards hoping that things sort of mend themselves, hoping that you get another chance. And usually that's where they are when they when they come to me. When we start working together, then we can sort of explore some of the underlying reasons why. Why are you holding out hope? Um, Is there actually any hope? Right. Because let's face it, some breaks are for good. And in certain other situations, there is an opportunity for reform and reunification. One has to evaluate all the reasons why break happened in the first place. Otherwise, you're literally stepping into the same situation. So do you find some of your clients are reluctant to take responsibility for their part in the breakup or the failure of the relationship? With regards to my clients, so people that I'm actively working with, when I engage with them and we're sort of on that journey together, it's very clear to them that, look, in order for us to move forward, we're going to have to take responsibility for the things that were within your control. And we, you know, we go through a process of rigorous 
self-examination and scrutiny and intellectual exploration but <laughs> with regards to prospects people who have you know sent out and you know connected with me via email or scheduled some time in my calendar whatever the case may be it is a wide spectrum of cases that you come across and i have come across individuals who it, it was all my partner's fault you know i did everything right and i don't know why they would do such a thing you know it beats me you know i've i've done everything and i've given them everything i've certainly come across cases like that well personally i encourage introspection because if a person's not going to look at their own role in the relationship or the failure of the relationship, they are quite likely to repeat the same pattern again. So all that really happens is they change partners and meet somebody new, but they haven't dealt with their own issues, have not dealt with their own baggage. So the same pattern occurs again. I, I tend to look at it as if, you know, if someone hasn't dealt with their emotional baggage, eventually that baggage is going to resurface sooner or later. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I, I agree with you. You know, um, I always tell my clients that before you move into another relationship, and I always encourage, you know, if you do have that feeling that I want to get into a relationship again, that is a positive thing. You know, you don't want the pain, the pain that you're going through to curtail your happiness moving forward. So it's great. I support and encourage that notion and those sentiments. But in order to get a different outcome, or at least increase the chances of getting a different outcome, because ultimately, you're not in control. And when you're in a relationship with another human being, you can only control so much. But in order to do the best you can to create the conditions wherein your relationship can flourish, then the first port of call has to be to look inwards and resolve some of your ongoing issues. And, you know, when I say issues, we all have issues. We all have things that we're working through, right? So the sooner you can work through or even start to address some of those issues and become aware of them and acknowledge them, then at least moving into your next relationship, you're coming with clarity of mind. Yes, I'd have to agree because after a breakup, many people want to rush back out there, want to rush back onto the dating scene. And mm. it's not good to rush back in before taking some time out. That's my personal view because you're likely to make the mistake of maybe falling into the clutches of a relationship predator. And there are plenty of them out there, especially online. That's very interesting. So tell me a little bit. You mentioned, you know, relationship predator. I never heard it put in those terms. So talk to me a little bit about that. You have relationship and social predators. Uh, they tend to be people with personality disorders. There's mm. something called cluster B personality disorders. So cluster B personality disorders, sociopaths, psychopaths and narcissists. So they okay. tend okay. to fall into the cluster B category. And they are social mm. and relationship predators. Basically, for them, a relationship is a transaction. So they go into relationships mm. um, on a transactional basis. So they will treat their partners mm. like objects. Basically, they're in a relationship for what they can get out of it. That's really mm. what they're about. And online, that is where they operate most of all. They can present a an image. They can create a profile that looks very enticing and very appealing. Mm. 
until you actually mm. meet them and get involved with them and then find yourself in a relationship nightmare. One of the things they tend to do, they tend to rush a person into a relationship. So they will love bomb, you know, lots of gifts, lots of attention, proclaim they are your soulmate. They'll want to rush intimacy. They'll want to move in with you very quickly, mm. but that's all just to get you involved. And then that's mm -hmm. when the nightmare starts because eventually no one can pretend forever. Eventually their true persona is revealed. And abuse is not only physical, you know, abuse can be emotional, mental and psychological. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. also a very mm -hmm. insidious process. So they're not going to reveal they're an abuser up front, obviously. So mm -hmm. it's a gradual mm -hmm. process. I've mm -hmm. spoken to many people who've fallen into that trap, getting involved too quickly, not recovered from their previous relationship properly. So their judgment is off. They could mm -hmm. be feeling lonely. Feeling lonely can often lead to feelings of desperation. That is very interesting. And what does one do if they find themselves in that situation? I mean, what, what is one thing you can share that I'm in a relationship with a relationship predator, as you've termed it? What can I do? Well, as the old saying goes, prevention is better than cure. So look out for the red flags, read upon the red flags. You know, if someone's trying to rush you into a relationship or they're overly attentive or they suddenly declare after a very short period of time they have found their soulmate, those are big red flags. And also the other red flags, you know, like someone's overly selfish, they may be arrogant, they may have a mm. tendency to want things their own way, they may have a tendency never to admit when they're wrong. So, mm. you know, there, there are quite a few red flags that you can look out for. What I find is, because I've got a victims and survivors Facebook group with uh, 21,000 plus members and the stories I often read are that well yeah he was very nice or she was very nice at the beginning but that's that's the whole game because they will mm. present they will present a persona that is mm. appealing to the person that they're targeting and what they're very good at is mirroring what we call mirroring so they will mirror the other mm. person's behavior the person mm. who's targeted by this behavior they start to think oh this person's just like me well they like the same mm. things that i like they read the same books they like the same type of movies all that's happening is that person is copying the target's behavior and in a lot of instances mm -hmm. what's happened is the person's fallen in love with a version of themselves which sounds a bit bizarre but that's what's really happened because the predator has copied the person's behavior mm -hmm. to make them appear appealing getting into a, an abusive relationship or marriage is relatively easy it's getting out of it with a, a predator with a relationship predator or an abuser mm -hmm. the motivation for their behavior is always power and control so they have different ways of going about that they have different tactics and strategies that they will use but at the end of the day it all boils down to power and control people have to be careful out there especially when, when you bear mm -hmm. in mind that on average two women every week in the uk is murdered by a partner or ex-partner that's an alarming stat yeah so there are dangers to look out for when someone's just out of a relationship obviously it's very raw it can be very mm -hmm. upsetting mm -hmm. can be a lot of blame and guilt flying around so for me mm -hmm. the first thing for a person to do really is to center themselves take some time out check themselves if necessary to find a good counselor or a good relationship coach <laughs> like yourself and yeah work work through the issues because sometimes it can be a lonely place you know when you just split up with somebody and, it, and it's hurting, it can feel like a very lonely place. But unfortunately, that's also the time when you can be the most vulnerable to making a mistake. Mm. Even though I believe 
in all honesty, we don't really make relationship mistakes. You can look at it as a mistake or you can look at it as a learning exercise. I always say to my clients, you know, you learn from your mistake. So it is just an opportunity to learn something new about yourself and then you learn about a new situation or in this context when it's in relation to another individual then you learn about a certain type of individual. So very interesting. Well, it's all about learning about yourself. That's how I approach it. Um, that's why in my book I've got a whole chapter on personal development or the process of self-discovery, as I call it, in terms of encouraging mm. people to actually look at themselves. You know, and we all have to take responsibility mm. at the end of the day in terms of who we get involved with and then who we split up with. Because it's very rare that it's 100% somebody else's fault. If someone gets involved with an abuser, obviously it's not their fault they've been abused. Because as I always say, the, the problem in a abusive relationship is not the relationship. The problem is the abuse in the abuser. Mm. You, you can't blame somebody mm. for, for falling prey to someone who abuses. But at the same time, you've also got to say to yourself, well, how did I get myself involved with that in the, in the first place you know am I a, a little bit too much of a people pleaser have I got poor boundaries have I been in an abusive relationship before is there a pattern of me becoming involved with abusive people so there are various things a person can do to make sure that they are not prone to get involved with an abuser in the first place but my number one tip is personal boundaries have to work on your personal boundaries for anyone who's unsure of what that means so when you say personal what are you what are you referring to specifically and how can people start to look at themselves and start to elucidate these boundaries in order to protect themselves moving forward personal boundaries can entail a lot of different things so say for example you're a bit of a people pleaser so you know you feel bad about saying no to people so always seeking to please other people for example i mean that, that's a big one for me like people pleasing most definitely because if you're always mm, mm. seeking to please other people then by definition you're always putting yourself last aren't you if you're a people pleaser, for example, you've got to start listening to your own feelings. You know, and if you feel uncomfortable agreeing to something, then you know you have to say no. You have to be selective in terms of what you agree to. And the way to avoid that, first of all, is to really understand your own values. What do you find acceptable and what do you not find acceptable? And stick into that. You know, hold hold your hold mm. your ground. And one of my sentences that I really like is um the word no is a complete sentence. So you don't have to give someone a whole explanation. If someone asks you to do something, and you don't want to do it you don't have to give a you know a multiple of explanations or excuses no is a complete sentence then there are people who are very good at what they do in terms of manipulation so you know they're very good at guilt trips they make you feel guilty or try to make you feel guilty if you don't do the things they want you to do i would recommend people go online go on google just google personal boundaries there's plenty of information online available if they feel that is something that they they need to work on personal boundaries are very very important because if you lack personal boundaries as the saying goes givers have to set boundaries because takers never do if you keep giving and you're dealing with someone who's selfish they'll just keep taking until you're drained that's very interesting it reminds me of one of mike tyson's quotes and it goes something along the lines of a friend to everyone is an enemy to himself you know mm. and that's what comes to mind when you speak of that predisposition towards wanting to please everyone around you and this is something that this is something that people who are very affectionate you know they find themselves playing this out right because they want to make sure that everybody around them is doing well and being looked after and oftentimes they do this at the detriment to themselves so people who are very affectionate and who are very conscientious 
very empathetic, often struggle to set personal boundaries. In addition to that, what I found in speaking to different people is there is a certain element of shame around expressing one's own needs because nobody, nobody wants to be labeled as being to quote-unquote needy. So as a consequence of that, I keep my feelings to myself and I don't express my personal boundaries. I don't make them clear because I'm scared of driving the other person away or scaring them off. So I always say to my clients that, listen, you have got to own your needs. You have got to own your needs because we all have needs. So my needs might be different to your needs, but they are needs nonetheless. So for anyone to elevate themselves above you just because you're expressing your needs, well, that person, that person must be arrogant and must not know themselves very well. Well, Harry, I totally agree with that. Time for us to get ready for episode three. Brilliant. See you for episode three. Have you experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce? How can you avoid making the same mistakes again? How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes is out now. Hi, my name is Nigel Beckles. My new book is packed with practical and common sense strategies that you can use to make better relationship choices. Now you can discover the dangerous myths about love. If your relationship expectations are realistic, why you could be falling in love for all the wrong reasons. How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes. It's a book that could change your life. Available from www.relationshipmistakesbook.com and amazon.co.uk. Kindle version also available. Award-winning author Pamela R. Haynes. Her latest book, Loving the Brothers, is available from Amazon and all good bookstores now. Nominated in the Best Writer category by the BLAC Awards for 2020. Loving the Brothers by author Pamela R. Haynes. Order your copy of a fantastic book now. Looking for Love is a documentary that explores black relationships in the UK, seeking answers to difficult questions, transforming the way we think about love and relationships. You know, 50% of couples who marry this year will get divorced. Looking for Love, from the award-winning director Menelik Shabazz, is finally available on DVD. If I had been to a counsellor or been to a therapist, I would have dealt with a lot of those issues a lot quicker. Get yours today from lookingforlovefilm.com. Thank you for listening. Please join me for another In Conversations podcast very soon for more interesting and entertaining discussions. Stay safe.